Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. How's your week, my friend? Oh, it's been one of those weeks. Pretty, pretty <laughs> busy. Pretty crazy. <laughs> it's nice yes. to take a break from all the madness and hang out and talk with you for an hour. I agree. I agree. Yes. I agree. Yeah, I had one of those, well, not that bad a week, but it's had its moments. Sewer pipe broke in our not thankfully not into our basement, but we found out we had uh, trees, tree roots growing into it. Lovely. See, see, I knew you could make me feel better. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> my life's not that bad now. Yeah, yeah, you should see the bill that's going to come my way. I'll make you feel even better. <laughs> uh, anyway, we actually spent quite a while today trying to put together news for the show and stuff because it's been a bit light. Uh, SSX West is happening right now, though, so that, there's going to be lots coming out of that. Yeah, which is weird because usually this stuff kind of flows out of SMX West as it happens. Um, but but I guess I'm thinking more of SMX Advanced. That usually has a lot more revelations than West does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a couple we're going to talk on today because you know, it is happening as we speak, but uh, it's still pretty light. Uh, so one thing <laughs> we thought would be kind of fun to start with was uh, the... How Google searches for move to Canada were higher than ever after Super Tuesday. <laughs> yep, I, yep, yep, and I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I said, course, there's always a space I, for you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to search too far. I just shot shot you a text to say, hey, you got room for me? <laughs> <laughs> and my family, my, my, my wife, my son, and my dog. <laughs> Your kids would like my dog. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, it. Uh, you know, I thought it was pretty funny. It's funny how fast too it was. It was jumped on. Uh, I'm not sure what they were watching at Google Trends. I don't know, but yeah, Google Trends. Yeah, that's where it was at the data, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, another one was actually is out. It is from Google. Um, from the search. Wow, can't speak from uh, SMX West, and mm-hmm. uh, this is uh, about Google working on, of all things, conversational shopping. So we all know that Google has uh, the ability to do speech or, uh, man, I really can't speak, speech searches, that kind of thing. Well, their goal, apparently, or one of their goals is to get us to the point where we can shop just by voice. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 kinda, I just wanted to See, add it because I thought that was pretty fascinating, well, but I think that's I, always I, off. I worry about intent when it comes to this, right? So they have to know something about you, but there's so many different variations on what words mean. What if you're a farmer? <laughs> right, and you go to the city, and you think, "Oh man, while I'm here, I need to get one of these." And you open up your phone and you say, "Where can I find a hoe?" Right? There's going to be different <laughs> meanings. <laughs> you know, this going to be tough. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, send all of your complaint letters to Jake Harcut at. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know I'm just pointing out potential flaws. Yes. Right? Yeah, that is a good one. I, I'm, I'm sure there's slang for oh yeah, that, let's buy that. You know something. I was trying to think of something that would be slang for buy it, but um, yes. I'm sure there's a ton of it, right? And and someone's just oh, yeah. say, I'll buy that. 
Oh wait, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to buy it. Or <laughs> uh, hopefully, it doesn't uh, just start to search and buy something too, just have, out of a conversation that just picks up. <laughs> So basically, does it sound like when you read the, I didn't read the article, but when you read the article, does it sound like you'd say, you'd hit a button on your phone saying, okay, Google, buy me a bicycle, right? So there's all kinds of variations of bicycles. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like, you know, how does it know exactly, you know, what, what I need a new pair of tennis shoes. Does Google already know your shoe size? Um, it, no, it's in this weird. case, it's what I gathered from the article. There wasn't a lot to it. It's one of these things that was pretty slim that came out of SMX West, but it was interesting. And what I'm gathering is, you just do a normal search, but you're doing it all by voice. And by the time you find the item you like, you can say buy. Um, so okay. conversational shopping. Uh, now, how much uh, you know? Google's uh, rank brain's getting pretty good at determining what you're talking about, and and probably has a good idea of what you like. Uh, freakier mm -hmm. it's probably true so it, it can probably make some decisions and give you recommendations as you go but no i'm just speculating at this point there was very little to the story but it was interesting yeah. i don't see it happening anytime soon there's just i mean as it is people are still getting used to buying online not everyone but obviously there's a huge seg section of the the um populace that isn't comfortable buying online yet i, I it's it's lessening by the day practically but it's you know, just last year, I couldn't get some people. They, they were shocked that I was still buying stuff online. Uh, really, and that kind of goes kind of goes with one of the other things we're going to talk about later with the machine learning, right? So as search moves more into machine learning, and eventually at some point, I had a conversation earlier today with 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 a coworker. You know, I personally think when AI, artificial intelligence, actually happens, it's the next step past machine learning. It's going to be the search engines that make it happen because they've got so much data and so much money and so much horsepower. They're going to be the ones that do it. That's where this kind of conversational shopping could really happen because if you have a, you can actually then have a conversation with the machine because it has some some ways to communicate and formulate questions back. Then you could really do something like that. At this point, it's like it doesn't seem that feasible. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, interesting though. You know, it's always good to yeah. see the uh, the future that Google sees. Whether or not it actually comes mm -hmm. to light is another thing. Like many of their products, it might just fizzle, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, yep. it's now, always good to try new things, right? Yeah. On the topic of, of light news, you picked the beauty. <laughs> yeah, this is one I almost posted to Facebook and said, really? <laughs> this, is what, this is what we have to report about today? Basically, the headline was, Google changes amp icon to gray in search results. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So it was green. Now it's gray. Oh. Mark your calendars. <laughs> well, it's here. Yep. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But it, it is interesting. There's lots and lots of people, are, and I can kind of understand why this came out because there's a lot of interest in AMP right now. There's lots. So everything that's happening around AMP, people are saying, oh, this happened and this happened. And this is one of the very insignificant things happening around AMP. But it is good that people are really focusing and staying on top of AMP. It really, like this week, it was also confirmed absolutely 100% that the Google News carousel is only going to carry AMP stuff. So if you're in a news space, and you're trying to get into that <laughs> the news carousel, you better have AMP pages. Um, if you're not in the news space, again, I'm going to repeat, you're not going to have to worry about AMP for a little while yet, even though it came out this week. Eventually, Google is going to move AMP into other other products. So we knew that, but we don't know what time, you know, we don't have any kind of timing around that. AMP being accelerated mobile pages, it's, it's, it's a, it's a format that you can apply to your website pages so that Google can 
well, Google likes it better for faster experience online. And it's not really a format you apply it to your pages. It's another version of your page. It's a separate page. Now, another piece of uh, uh, this was actually pretty cool um, and very interesting. You mentioned you mentioned you founded it, and, uh, and I, I, I want you to take the first part, and I'll take the second. So basically, um, at SMX West, um, a Googler named Juan Felipe Rincon, I hope I'm pronouncing him right, um, was asked a question. It basically came out that every month, Google gets 35,000 user-generated or submitted spam, spam reports, which is interesting. 35,000 a month, 35,000 times a month, somebody goes into Google and says, hey, this page is spam. The interesting part is they act on 65% of those. They're actually taking action. So it just tells me we're not doing it enough. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> That's not very you know, many. You, really. you, were, you were complaining on the last show about sites that you saw that were in the results that were super spammy and you couldn't understand why they were there. Did you report them? No, I didn't. There you go. <laughs> to, uh, get, yeah. get back in there and report them. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, usually, I, I do it only when it's hur- like. Well, it was it was pretty horrendous. Hmm. Maybe I will go back. <laughs> there you see, there you go. <laughs> well, do your part. Clean up the web. <laughs> well, and and the wonderful Jen Slag uh, from the SEMpost.com also uh, sort of added to this. It says, and I'll, I'll quote her. It says, "It seems Google is also using the spam reports within Search Console to help prioritize the many spam reports received." Rincon said that Google recently began prioritizing these spam reports so that if you've submitted multiple spam reports that were truly spam that were acted on, your spam reports would given up, be given a higher priority as a trusted source. Hmm. Now, you know, what, you, know what, you know what some people in the community would call that, right? Spam report rank. I was thinking snitch rank. <laughs> <laughs> spam report rank. That's oh, all right. More PC. So it's sprank. It's sprank. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're in fine form today, John. <laughs> uh, it's one of those days. I told you I needed to let loose. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, um, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about well, a little more AMP and a little more Google. What's new? SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. 
Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrands with a... Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. And I must apologize, I said advanced. It's not, it's advanced digital. Say thank you. Thank you very much. Someone that gets me for you nailed it. All right. <laughs> so there's a Google guideline testing tool. I didn't see this. Uh, this was kind of interesting. I saw this article about this and it kind of caught my eye because it's, it's one of those things, you know, you're always looking for ways to do a quick evaluation of a, a potential client or a site, you know, to give them some qu- quick feedback. And, and these guys made this tool and I'm not sure who made it, but the website is um, Vary.com, V-A-R-V-Y. Varvy, is that how Var- you pronounce that? Varvy, I guess you'd call it. Varvy, V-A-R-V-Y.com. And basically what it does is you put put a URL in there just like you would any other kind of uh, SEO testing tool where it says you can go test your sites. Uh, um, and it basically comes, it uses the Google Webmaster Guidelines as the basis, right? So um, let me put one in here real quick just so I can give you guys a... So it's interesting because the what it really goes through and it looks at, okay, <clears throat> what are some of the features that they talk about in Google Guidelines? And it breaks them up in these little blocks. Like the first one it comes up with is Googlebot access. You know, is your site blocked by robots.txt? And it gives you a green check mark or a, a yellow issue. If you've got an issue, there's, is it mobile friendly? Is it secure or not? Um, is it accessible? Uh, um, page speed is in there. Uh, does your robots.txt meet the guidelines, images, sitemaps? There's all kinds of little things taken strictly from Google guidelines that it looks at. And so it's a really good, quick look at a site. That's a really, it's really interesting to me because I'm always looking for ways to do it because I've got like hundreds and hundreds of salespeople that work for our company that are trying to, to, to talk about SEO with people. And it's, I'm always looking for tools that can help them do this. And this might be one I'm going to look at recommending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually it's pretty good. Um, I actually discovered yeah. something wrong with our site that I, I sort of shocked. We didn't have the if modified since setup. It must be the server we have. Uh, yeah, it was on the last one. Anyway, yeah, the, the 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 technical term for modified since, if you want to look it up, is conditional get. You yes. have to have your conditional get set up on your server. That's that's SEO one hundred two or two hundred one. But yeah, yeah, which yeah, is I'd, great. Yeah, it's good that I, I I'm seeing that. I kind of shocked it wasn't there because I'm pretty sure it was before. Anyway, yeah, well, there you go. It's something that you can find, and it's uh, if you can see anything, it just helps you find one thing. It's worthwhile. So good for yep. that. Especially if you need something really quick. It's, it's something you can do in front of front of a prospect or a client real quick as well. Say, look, you need some help. I can help you. Okay. Now I can practically hear everyone saying it. Tell us the address again. V-A-R-V-Y dot com. Yes. It's a little well it is chatter. I didn't even intend to do there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Not wear, good thing I'm not wearing my red shirt today. So, good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so another part here about AMP is that uh, this is a little more advanced too, but it, it, there's, I don't know how solid this is. I was just reading a bit of it and dismissed it, but you didn't put it in here. But the fact that 
Accelerated Mobile Pages, or AMP, does use a portion of the crawl budget for a site. Now, what is crawl budget? I actually don't know if there's anything you can really quantify here. Do you know, John? I mean, there's a crawl budget that we, we theorize, but we don't know exactly what it is. It really depends on the authority of your site, from what I understand. Yeah, it does. And it's, it's basically how much time does Google let a spider stay on your site before they move on to another site, right? It, it, it has to do with the size of your site, how much information they already have it, things like conditional get being on or off impact crawl budget, right? So so once Ross turns his conditional get back on so that the, the spiders can say, oh, this page hasn't been modified since the last time I was here and they just get past it, that helps conserve his crawl budget, right, for firststepforth.com. What, basically what they're saying now is AMP pages, since they are separate pages from your original pages, it's another version of your page. When they're crawled for the mobile search and, and for mobile, that's going to be part of that budget. So if you're, if you're one of those sites that are really monitoring or looking at crawl budget because you have a huge site or um, for whatever reason that you, this is important to you, be aware that, that AMP is going to now be part of that equation. Yeah. So this is technically quite advanced. I mean, a small small business is never going to even consider this. But um, for news agencies, anyone who's got a larger site that needs, first of all, needs AMP at all, um, mm-hmm. it is certainly something to consider. And they would be monitoring monitoring the crawl budget. They'd be making sure that areas of their site um, they need to get indexed are being indexed, and they'll make sure that that happens. Uh, by yes, yes, they do. Maximizing <laughs> the crawl budget. Uh, now you also did some reading on machine learning and search. Uh, well, I, 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 did you want to know anything on that? Yeah, I just wanted to bring this up because Eric Ng over at StoneTemple.com has been doing a lot of research around machine le- machine learning and how it applies to search. Um, I think one of the things that kicked this off for him and his mind, I think he was doing this prior to that, but really makes it interesting, is that when the the Google changed um, Google Shift and. No, when they shifted the personnel and, and um, Amit left or he's going to retire and the, the new guy comes in as the head of Google search, he's from the artificial intelligence division of Google. Mm-hmm. So tying machine learning and, and this computer computer learning to search is is happening now and it's going to become even more important in the future. So Eric's been really digging into this. He's writing a lot of great content. He's got some good videos out there on this with um, his, his partner, Mark. And Eric actually went as far. This is interesting. I've heard him say this a couple. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just two bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. He wanted to learn more about it. So he actually enrolled himself in a machine learning college-level course to learn how to do machine learning programming, right? So he understood what this meant and how to do it. And he actually created a program through this class he was taking that uses machine learning to predict whether a tweet is going to be retweeted. It's really interesting. So I'm going to, I'm going to, if you go to stonetemple.com, there's a lot of information on his blog about this. He's written a ton, written a ton of articles. I think there's a link. To, he's got a URL set up for this tool he created to predict retreat, retweets. Just wanted to, to just touch base on this because machine learning tied to search is one of those things that right now it's like, ooh, that's cool. Two years from now, if you don't know it, you're in trouble. Sure enough. Right. Thanks for noting that. I know Stone Table puts out some great stuff, so that's good to know. Um, all right, we've got a few questions today that we'd like to get to. Um, we're going to start off with uh, Lawrence. 
and I'm going to quote her here. She says, I need some advice about reposting someone else's content on my site. The author has contacted me about repurposing her blog post on my site. The content is very relevant to my niche and well-written. Her blog is newer than mine, only three posts so far, whereas my blog has been around for a number of years and has a regular following. Is there a correct way to do this? I have the author's permission. I just want to do it the right way. I know that I've seen this done on Huffington Post and the Telegraph, but these are major sites and it probably won't harm their SEO. Thanks in advance. General rule of thumb is if you're going to post someone else's content, you provide a link back to their site. Um, and there's a, to that, and I like to do it actually to the post, the, the original post where they created it. That way there's a, a distinct connection there. You're giving them full credit. It's probably a little whiter than White Hat, but technically I guess that's the best way to go. What, what do you think, John? Actually, I, th- I think that's the second best way to go. The best way to go is give them a rel equals canonical link in your metadata, right? Oh, so what happens? Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if if you're going to be super white hat and absolutely you're doing it because you like the person, um, the probably the reason they're reaching out to ASIC is for a link. But but I think the best way to do it is rel equals canonical because it does two things. One, it removes any possibility of having duplicate content issues between your your site and the originator's site because you're actually saying, no, no, this is not the original content. That one over there is. And it, it helps that person probably just as much as a link would because what it does is any inbound equity to that page gets transferred to that original person's page, right? So it's it's almost like it's it's it works similar to a link, though it's not as direct as a link. And it helps. It helps from an indexation standpoint. Make sure there's not duplicate content out there. Yeah. Um, I, if you do that, you're very, very nice. Most people, most sites will not do that. That I that I've run across. But um, it's it's the right way to do it. Yeah. Most sites, you'd be lucky even get a link to your site. Never mind to the actual yeah. piece of content. Now, if you don't know how to do the canonical, it's perfectly acceptable to do a link back to their actual page where they wrote it. Because um, I mean, in some cases. Uh, it requires a little more know-how to alter the canonical on your page. So uh, just to yeah. heads up. If, 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 if you had a choice, Ross, if you had a piece of content that you published on Step Forth and, and you were going to have it published somewhere else, say put it on Huffington Post for some, somewhere, would you rather have a link or a rel equals canonical? Hmm, that's a good question. I think I'd rather have the link for the benefit that it could give, but yeah. On Huffington Post, I would. Uh, that's See, just I'm, from a pure I, SEO perspective. Canonical would be great, but I mean, it's uh, I think the link itself would have more benefit. So I, I, I would go with the Relicus Canonical. And, and I'm not disagreeing. I think the, the link definitely would have great benefit. I'd go with the Relicus Canonical for two reasons. One, if Huffington Post posted one of my articles, they're going to get search traffic for it, not me. right? So if, it, if that article is going to be found in search, it's going to be found on Huffington Post, not my site, because they're so much more powerful than exactly. I am. Yeah. So, so I'm losing some direct search traffic because of that. Um, second, the rel equals canonical doesn't only transfer external link equity, it will transfer internal link equity too. So if Huffington Post is a strong site and they have navig- internal navigation to the article they created from your post, that internal navigation equity now transfers to your site. It's almost stronger than a link in some cases. Depending on how it's set up, if it's a link from their homepage, it's definitely stronger than a link. So if they well, have a link yeah. from their homepage, <laughs> they to can be the a article, article from your homepage. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, even if they have a link, an internal navigation link from Huffington Post homepage to the content that that they that they published of yours, right? So if it's a direct link from the homepage, that link equity from the homepage to the internal page then transfers to your site, 
which is almost more powerful than just the link from the page to your site. Yeah, it's, it, it depends on a lot of things, but it's it, both of them are good to have. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, from our perspective, if it was up, step forth, I would want the link. But I, I totally get where you're coming from. And I think that it would be interesting to see which one provided more value. I mean, theoretically, the canonical should, but I don't know so much if it would. It's hard to say. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Um, so uh, are we answering your question or do we get off track here? I think, I think that they, to answer her question, she was like, how to do this the right way. And I think we gave you two right ways, depending on what you can do technically. Either get it, put a link back to the original post or do that canonical, um, rel equals canonical in the header. There you go. Perfect. All right, let's take a quick break. and we come back, we have a few more questions before the end of the show. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So the next question is from Simon Cox. He says, on the last show, uh, on um, HREF Lang advice, he noted that, okay, so this is a bit fragmented here, but he says, is Canadian is now a language? <laughs> <laughs> he says, there's a serious point here as Google penalizes incorrect href, language, uh, href lang attributes, as mentioned in the show. The global company I work for uses British English, or as I call it, <laughs> English. Fair enough, I agree. Um, as its global internal language. A business analyst in part of, this, of the business has recommended that we use GB, so Great Britain, instead of EN as the language in href lang tag, tags as it's the company's policy. So Canada would have an hreflang of GB-CA. I mm. argue that we are targeting the visitor language, not the business, 
or country of origin language that it should be. hreflang equals en-ca, which is his recommendation. And that we should only ever use GB as the country code and only when targeting people in Great Britain. He's, he's got some notes here from Google and stuff, but first of all, yeah. yes. He says, am, is, am I correct? I think he is. He says, I, I was correct, wasn't I, to use en-ca. And that's, I would agree with that. I, I, yeah, I think it's important to mention that hreflang has two functionalities. One is targeting language and one is targeting location, and they are separate, right? So I, I think I'm going to agree with him as well. Um, the one thing I will point out in here is, and I don't know if we said this. If we did, I think we spoke, but he says, um, point out here, Google penalizes incorrect hreflang attributes. I don't know if it's considered a penalty. You're not going to get a penalty. They're not going to, like, it's a it's an issue where you have a mistake that's going to impact you negatively. That's not a penalty. It's like having duplicate content is not a penalty. It's a filter, right? Yeah, and um, as so I understand, I just, it, just want to point that out. As I understand it, I don't know how quickly, but they will notify you within Google Webmaster Tools if they believe there's an issue there. Right, right. So you might as well just go ahead with what you think it is. And if there's any issue, you'll be let you know, someone will let you know, and then you can dig further. Um, I get it though. I mean, if if the content on your site is written in 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 uh, you know British English, the GB-CA. I mean, it is kind of a tough answer. I mean, because but it's really semantics to me. I mean, a, a person from the states goes to a, a, a British English page, let's say, or even Canadian does. Um, I would say states is more pronounced because there's much more different, many more differences. Um, they're still going to be able to understand it. Color has a U in it. Big deal. Um, uh, there's certain things. That's it. I mean, yeah, it, you're, you're, like like your employee doesn't know how to spell check, right? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Check with a Q. <laughs> yes. The inside joke. Way of saying it. Not- inside joke from some Facebook posts earlier this week. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I do agree that you're you're following the right path there, Simon. Um, but again, keep an eye on it. I mean, this is kind of subjective. It it is a very interesting question. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you ever run into into anything like this before, John? No, but but I think what I would do is potentially do some testing. I mean, this is a perfect example to test because you're right. Google will give you an error message if it's in, done incorrectly, right? So do it both ways and see if you get an error messages. Test it, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't get error messages either ways, then then you're I think you're fine to go with the company policy and without so you don't make too many waves and get yourself fired. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you get fired from this boy. <laughs> That's a <small> yeah. company. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next question is from Leah. Uh, very cool way of spelling your name, if that's how you're saying it. Uh, that is cool. I like that. I really like that. Anyway, uh, she says, I, I need some advice about SEO. I'm working on off-page SEO optimization. I, I already set the keywords and meta tags. I indexed, website, I indexed the website with Google Webmaster Tools and Google Analytics. Uh, this is, I think, second language here. So, starting, I was getting visitors, but now I'm getting visitors less than five. What is the problem? Okay, that's feels like we're missing a bunch of stuff there. Uh, okay, off- let's, let's let's take it a piece at a time. She needs about advice about SEO. She says, "I'm working on off-page optimization," and then said, "I already set the keywords and meta tags, which is on-page, which is on-page. I indexed the website with Google, which means she got it crawled." Okay, which is great because that means she does have some links somewhere if it, if it got crawled. So it was crawled. She's, she's optimized on page with keywords and meta tags. That keyword scares me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. And she's 
sounds like she's got Webmaster Tools and Google Analytics set up. Starting, she was getting visitors, but now she's getting less than five. It depends. She said she was getting visitors. If if she was getting six and now it's less than five, I'm not going to see there's a huge problem <laughs> yet. But she was getting thousands and now there's less than five. Then there's a big issue going on here, right? Well, and you know, it, it's ridiculous, but I think I mentioned in the last show, it can be as simple as uh, Google Analytics code being wrong. Yeah, very true. Do some basic checks, okay? Just verify things. And if if all is well, it seems like everything should be fine, then you might have made a, you know, tripped an issue. I mean, look at Webmaster Tools. Have you gotten any reports from Google? Um, There should be some valid info. There's There's, something that can give you a good idea of what's happening. And this is a great opportunity for that tool we mentioned earlier that just gives you a real quick look at your site from the Webmaster Guidelines perspective. It may show you some really quick things. Oh, shoot, I need to do this, this, or this. So th- that's a great use for that kind of tool. Yeah, V-A-R-V-Y dot com. Now, I want to mention, um, this is not a hack on Moz. I actually really like Moz's tools and stuff. But there's one tool that I found a major flaw with, and, and it kind of brings to point something. When you're using any of these tools to analyze the SEO on a page, like on-page SEO critiques, don't take everything they say with like, like as holy writ. Because I mean, I <laughs> I did an analysis of a page using because uh, I was really curious to see how it would work. Moz's uh, on-page SEO tool uh, it just it just it will check the SEO on one page, and it said it was awesome, and it was one of those ultra spammy pages. It had way too many incidences. I mean, it was horrific, and it said it was good. So really be careful with these things. It gives them a lot of good pointers. I, I'll totally give it that. But obviously, it, it, they can only go so far. Yeah, they, those tools are very subjective. Um, or let's put it the other way. Some things in SEO are very subjective. And until those tools are machine learning tools and can deal with subjective things, they're not going to be 100% accurate all the time. Even something that's, something that's evaluating a title tag, right? Yeah. Unless it's very, very advanced, it's not going to be – and you tell it ahead of time I'm targeting, it's not going to be able to tell you things like, okay, the term is at the beginning and it's okay. You know, here's, you've got, there's lots of subjective things about title tags. The title tag tools can say, yep, it's long enough or it's too long or it's too short. Um, doesn't contain your keyword, but there's a lot more to a title tag than just those three or four things that you can look at and evaluate with a program. Yeah, how how so man? How I'd love to see the one that Google uses in house. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That would be amazing just to see what it would see when it looks at a page. But uh, and I know, yeah, I know they have them. Obviously, I mean, even Matt used Matt Cutts used to bring uh, his laptop to these these oh, live yeah. critiques, and people would always try and sneak a peek. But he he'd be able to run something and find out pretty quickly what was wrong with that site. Yep. Oh gosh, I'd love to see that. Anyway. You know, I think that's enough. Do you, do, for do you think Google? Do you think Google will ever put out a tool like that for general consumption? Oh, I doubt it. Just to, because, think about it. If they did, and people used it and corrected things, how much easier would that make their job as a search engine? Yeah, if people were just going to do that, but then there's the gamers, people who are going to game it. That's the problem. Otherwise, they'd probably do it. I mean, the best they've signaled they've given us so far is Google Webmaster or Google, yeah, Google Webmaster Tools or Google Search Console, whatever you want to call it. it Webmaster Tools. Thank you. <laughs> it 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 gives us a fair bit of insight, but you know, not, certainly not the answer. Getting a lot more information than we got we used to get. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, uh, I guess that's the show. 
On behalf of myself, yeah. Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google Plus. You can also email me via ross at stepforth.com. That's S-T-E-P-F-O-R-T-H.com. Have a great week, and remember to tune in to future episodes, which air at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.